This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to The Garden Show, yes, with Charlie Dobbin. I am Dean Holland and uh, aiding and abetting her. And uh, here we are at this first show of 2023 good morning charlie how are you yes exactly welcome to 2023 how's your week been it's been it's been great it's been busy actually <laughs> i've been i've had a busy week it's been yeah I, i've been uh, doing some work on uh, the sister station to am 740 i've been on the classical fm uh, all week filling <laughs> in for uh, daniel vnukovsky who's over in uh, europe and so yeah so i've had a busy week busy busy that, busy that's good that's good that keeps you out of trouble yeah and how about you you know and so what have you been up to not as busy as you not as busy but you know what spring is ramping up and the reason we know that is i don't know if you can tell but the days are getting a bit longer and the hort societies and garden societies are really getting ready for spring and we got lots of announcements to share of of events upcoming events we do yeah yeah so let me tell you about yeah well and i want to give out the numbers as well sure okay Okay. let me just give out the numbers first yeah yeah because we'd love for people to uh you know we won't want you to call often. We want you to call early. Don't wait until quarter to 10 to call. Let's call early, okay? And so, and one question per call, please. And uh, the number in Toronto is 416-360-0740 or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario. Nice and easy to remember, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, we, please let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller as well, and we will give you... You are Garden Wings. There we are. Okay. You can always use Garden And as you say, we have some announcements. Um, we, yeah, we might have to do, let's just do one of those announcements now, Charlie. Then we'll have to go to break, and then we'll do another couple when we come back, okay? Because it's, uh, we're, we're, I'm um, okay, at the clock Okay, then, just uh, put on your calendars, Monday, January 9th, so that's this Monday, 7 p.m., the Agent Court Garden Club is meeting. It is a Zoom meeting, so, of course, anyone who would like to join is welcome to join from home, which is lovely. Um, Guest speaker is gardening expert Joanna Blanchard, and she's teaching about the less known English gardens. So if you'd like to participate, the Zoom codes will be available on the Agent Court Garden Club Facebook page if you're a Facebook user. Otherwise, you can email or text Cheryl Gaw Penner. Best place way to thing to do would be to email Cheryl at Cheryl dot Penner at hotmail.com if you'd like to join the meeting. Fabulous. So we do have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I see those lines lighting up. I'm excited that everybody's listening very carefully, and we will be right back with much more on the garden show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Yes, indeed, we are back here on this first garden show of 2023 and uh let's see you know what we do have some more announcements but we'll do those a little bit later let's go to uh michael on the line we've got michael from toronto welcome to the garden show michael hey good morning and happy new year to you both yeah you as well i have a a really serious problem i'm in toronto uh in around blue roy york area and i'm having a real serious problem with rabbits uh i've lived here for uh, over 40 years, and for about 35 years, basically never saw a rabbit. Now they're plaguing me for about the last seven, eight years. And what I'm asking is, what are the best natural kind of remedies or deterrents other than sprays, which I find very ineffective? They are eating everything imaginable, euonymus, every kind of deciduous bush, you can think of attacking you, everything, everything imaginable, let alone, you know, tulips and other spring flowering plants later. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, my heart goes out to you, Michael. That's a, it's always frustrating when you've got, you know, varmints, you know, rambling in your garden in the dark and chewing down, particularly in the winter. And they love euonymus. I know they just strip the bark off the euonymus. And the winter, of course, is their toughest time. So they'll eat the bark of just about anything. I know you said you didn't find sprays very effective. And I think you're right. Most of them do wash off and disappear fairly quickly. One I have had good success with does not wash off. It's 100% organic. Uh, You do spray it when it's... There's... um, optimal temperatures for spraying so you might have to watch your temperature because it would have to be above zero it's called plant skid so it's one word plant p-l-a-n-t and then s k as in kite y as in yellow d as in dobbin d as in dobbin so plant skid they have a website plantskid.ca it was originally developed in Finland, I believe, to repel reindeer from chewing on foliage. And they since discovered that it works on almost all mammals. It works to keep squirrels away, groundhogs, gophers, deer. Uh, and where I live, there's a deer issue, bunny rabbits. And so you spray it and it's good for up to six months on the plants. Right. And uh, can I ask you this? Would it be uh, that you have to do it on every plant or would it be that if it's there largely everywhere, it would be a deterrent enough or is, is it a plant by plant by plant? Do you understand what I mean? Because I've yeah, got a it, lot of... As far as I know, your best success would be plant by plant by plant. Right. You would only have to spray the lower two feet of your plants because that's as far as well yeah. unless you get four feet of snow you're you know the the bunnies are typically chewing pretty low on the plants yeah. so you'd have to figure out how high to spray the other thing is if the idea of spraying is just you know too frustrating the only other real thing is to put cages around your I your deciduous trees you know that wrap the uh, the wire etc yeah, it's just that it's unsightly. But thanks very much. That's that's really good. That's helpful. I'm going to try that product and see if I can get some results with it. Thank you oh, so you're much. You're very welcome. Thanks Fabulous. for yeah. yeah, good Good luck with that. And, you know, back in my day on Saturday mornings when I was watching Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. uh, Daffy Duck would insist to Elmer Fudd that it was rabbit season. It's always. <laughs> well, that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Duck season, but, rabbit season. <laughs> I, I'm surprised, actually, that Michael's having such an issue in the last few years because think of the coyote population and how much we keep hearing about how it's on oh, the yeah. increase. And they're one of the best controllers of bunny rabbits. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now we have a lot of rapids here. We we actually have in the area of Collingwood that we live in, we have always had more rabbits than we have squirrels. In fact, we've been here in our house for about just over a decade. And it was, I guess things migrate around because in the first few years that we were here, it was a relatively new subdivision. And uh, we we didn't even see squirrels. It took them a few years to get here. But rabbits have always been plentiful here. But I think because there's a, enough land around us, uh, they, they they do a lot of eating of the grass, quite frankly, most of the time. So Right, yeah, and they, they hide. I mean, I've, I saw bunny tracks in yeah. the snow back when we had snow. Uh, but, you know, they just... Yeah. Yeah, I just don't find the population at this point in my few years here has been a problem. I mean, my biggest issue is voles, but we'll get into that another time. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, uh, just before we go to break, we do have some callers on the line. I uh, I will. Ha- I have an announcement as well that the uh, Pickering Garden Club uh, is inviting folks to a Zoom meeting that they are having on Tuesday, January the 10th. And that has happening at 7 p.m. Yeah, Marie, uh, she reached out to you, and she is a, a landscape designer and master gardener, and they are going to discuss allergy-fighting f- gardens. And the visitors are welcome uh, to join by contacting Pickering Garden Club info at gmail.com. Okay, so yeah, so once again, Pickering Garden Club info at gmail.com, and everyone's welcome. Okay, dokie. Okay, so let's, uh, uh, those numbers once again, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We are going to uh, pause for the cause uh, to hear some important messages, and then we'll be right back with much more on the Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on the garden show and charlie we uh, you asked me off the air about our snow up here and much of it has disappeared certainly the ski hills have a little bit but the ski hills have not been in great shape however uh, we did wake up this morning to a dusting of snow so it looks like uh, the temperature's dropping and uh, it's coming back i think but uh, yeah we really kind of i'm missing winter right now uh, mm-hmm. i've had reports yeah. in my neighborhood of <clears throat> daffodils starting to poke up through the ground we've had so much rain it's mm-hmm. been so mild so daffodils showing up in the first week of january is pretty extreme uh, we're not in vancouver yeah. um i saw a whole bunch of worms on my driveway the other day like why are the worms awake they should be fast asleep right now so yeah this is very confusing wow. this uh, so far 2023 <laughs> Yeah, our our oldest daughter was here over Christmas, went back to school in Brantford uh, yesterday, and she said, yeah, it's just green, 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 green there. And uh, yeah, I spoke to somebody on the air from Niagara Falls yesterday, yeah. uh, and she said, same thing, just green, just green, and lots of water in Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Okay, let's go to the phone line. We have Diane from Dorchester, who's been uh, on the line. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, listen, uh, that uh, plant skid really works. We have a burning bush. And until we heard uh, Charlie mention that a couple years ago, uh, it used to prune our uh, bush pretty good. But uh, since we've been using the plant skid, I feel sorry for it. I even put um, carrots out sometimes uh, or even rabbit food to make up for it. So anyway, but my question today... Uh, yeah. <laughs> We have to look after nature. Um, the birch trees that we have, we have a group of three and we have a, a single one. 
And uh, we do, three years ago, we had a gentleman come in and do all our maple trees. We've got about 13 trees in total. And, um, uh, but just this grouping of uh, the birch. And they're, the branches are really getting very, very low. And when we get the ice storms with the freezing rain, it breaks the branches off. And some of them, you know, they it almost makes them touch the ground and they freeze to the ground. So my husband and I were wondering, is it too early for us to go out and just trim some of those branches off ourselves? Um, you could. Um, the, the trick with birch is similar to maple. They do tend to bleed in the spring. So once the you know um, frost is out of the ground and we're into warmer weather, you will find that if you've done pruning on maples or birches in the winter, it, they can get a little bit wet and sticky. Uh, they will certainly heal over. The scars will heal over once we get dry weather. Just ensure that you're doing your pruning on a dry day with sharp tools. Okay, all right. And my husband does have what they call uh, uh, tree bracco, uh, but then we don't need to do that on the ends of the branches because we're not taking limbs off. Don't yeah. Don't use any of those fancy uh, tree uh, healing substances. They're usually tar based. I don't know even. I guess it was in, they were invented because of the bleeding aspect, and somehow somebody got this bright idea that if they slammed. So, you know, some kind of gooey stuff onto the, the cut branches, then that, uh, or the, you know, cut wounds, that would stop the bleeding. But that's not effective. The, let the plant heal. Just like when we get cut, we scab, and the scab eventually falls off because new skin grows. And it's exactly the same with trees. If you make sure that you're pruning any, whether it's small branches, large limbs, all your pruning happens outside a branch collar. In the case of the little twiggy stuff, of course, just outside a bud. But no no gooey stuff required on any of these cuts if you're doing the cutting in the right place with sharp tools on a dry day. Okay, that's good to know because it does really make the tree look ugly. You know, with no the black the crap. Black. Of course, <laughs> yeah. the birch. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward. When are you going to be having your show on? Remember when you went to Cuba, you were going to be doing another show. When is that coming up? Uh, good question. I assume it'll be there'll be five brand new episodes. We aired ten episodes last spring. There'll be five new episodes airing this spring. But I'll I'll certainly let everybody know once I know oh, the dates. Oh, it was so wonderful. I just Thank we recorded it and we just kept playing it back. It was so you know it made you feel like uh, you were out there hugging those trees. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very, very much. All right, bye. Thanks for calling. Bye. No, I was just going to say what yeah. it's. Um, yeah, thanks, Diane. It's a fun show to make, and it, I learn a lot of stuff. I learn, I meet great people. So the um, the new episodes that haven't aired yet are out of Mexico, New Brunswick, and Hawaii so far. Nice. And again, the name of the show is Healing Gardens, correct? Healing Gardens Healing documentary Gardens. series airs on Vision TV, and I'll, like I said, I'll let everybody know when the new episodes are airing. Fabulous. Looking forward to it. Okay, let's go to Burlington now. We have Susan on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Susan. Good morning and Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you. My question this morning is about asparagus fern. I, um, a couple of years ago, actually bought this plant thinking it would be nice to be able to cut a piece here and there to add to fresh flower bouquets. And 
It uh, kind of went totally out of control, weaved itself around my blinds and everything, and eventually I, I had to chop the ends off. Um, a lot of the stalks have gone yellow. <laughs> there is still green growth, but is there a way to prune this to get new growth from the bottom, or is it a kind of it grows once and you give up plant? Uh, well, it's not the kind of plant where if you trim the tips it's going to divide and give you lots more tips. You're right. The new growth typically comes from the crown of the plant. That's why they call it asparagus fir, and it grows like asparagus. So it's got the single um, shoots that come up uh, at ground level. That's where the crown is, where the root and the stem come together. So the stems come up. And I think that's great that your biggest problem was that it was taking over your house. Because um, sometimes people struggle to grow this plant. It, it likes bright, indirect light. It wants high humidity. It wants consistent moisture. And it's not a super easy plant to grow. So, And you're absolutely right. It's beautiful in um, cut flower bouquets. So what I would do... Maybe. So it was a couple of years ago when you bought it. Um, I wonder if it's time to pull it out of the pot. Not necessarily now, but in the next month or so. Pull it out of the pot. Take a look. See what's going on there. You want to encourage new stem growth from the, the crown, from the base, the center, the, the ground level, where the other stems are arising from. If um, a big, long fern is just too long, get yourself some cut flowers and cut that, that stem off and jam that, that fern piece into your, your cut flower bouquet. And yeah, just giving it a haircut will not make it better. If anything, it'll probably just brown back from wherever you cut it. Uh, okay. And um, is that standard for most um, indoor uh-huh. ferns, like the different lacy ones? Um, yeah, well, I mean, probably Boston fern is the best used best known indoor fern tropical fern and so yep same thing you would never just kind of haircut a boston fern if you're cleaning up a fern or doing any excuse me you know pruning on it it's all from ground level okay okay all right great thanks very much thanks for calling yeah thanks for the question there susan um yeah, uh, Susan has given me a little bit of a hankering for things spring because I had not even thought of asparagus. And, uh, <laughs> you know, of course, that's one of those spring things. We have uh, we have a bunch of – we have a few asparagus farms that are very close to where we live here. So on the way home from, you know, being out, I will quite often swing by the farm and just buy a couple of pounds of fresh asparagus. Love it. And the rest of the year I don't buy it because I think, no, I'm going to only buy it when it's growing local. So that's that's just what I do. Well, no, I think you're right. It tastes way better when it's local and fresh. And to buy, yeah, right now, I, I saw asparagus in the grocery store yesterday. I didn't notice where it was from. It was probably from Mexico. And I just can't think it's very good. It's been in a truck for two weeks. Yeah, I think most of them come from, as you say, either Mexico or Peru, I believe, is the two places that are big uh, providers of asparagus. But, yeah, I feel a bit silly. I feel, okay, if it, if it grows two concessions away from where I live, then, uh, you know, I will. it would seem silly to buy a when it's coming from you know uh, another country so absolutely you know. support your local farmer you got it uh the numbers again to call and you look we have lots of room on the lines we're going to get to a call in a second but we have lots of room so don't wait till you know the last last break when we can't get you to all we'd love 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 for you to call with either an indoor garden question or a, an outdoor garden question it can be either and the number to call in toronto is 416-360-0740 or toll free anywhere else in the province of ontario 
It is a free call. 1-866-740-4740. Okay, let's go to, uh, let's go to Paul, who's on the line from Port Dover. Welcome to the Garden Show, Paul. Hello. You are a first-time caller. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I'm going to give you your. I'm going to give you your garden wings, okay? Oh, don't, don't make me fly away, Dean. And you, know, you, you just get to do a, <laughs> and a I got cover to... over your garden. It just gives you a new perspective on your garden when you've got the wings. Well, actually, yeah. uh, I'm and sorry, I got to. I got to tell I'm you, not, Paul. When you were when you were on hold, I looked at the at my calendar, and next Friday is a Friday the thirteenth. You're going to be busy down there in Port Dover. Yes, we are. We are inundated with uh, wonderful bikers um, who um, are uh, very good uh, visitors to our little town, and uh, we thoroughly enjoy having them. Great. Good to hear. What's going on in your garden? Well, Charlie, you mentioned a word uh, a few minutes ago um, that um, really caught my ear. Um, uh, first of all, Charlie, uh, my wife Jacqueline calls in uh, more, uh, well, quite often, actually, from Port Dover. And uh, we, we listen to your show every Saturday morning, and we thoroughly enjoy your show. And, Dean, we listen to your show on Sunday night that you took over from George Chinescu, and we thoroughly enjoy your show as well. Nice. Thank you. Oh, fabulous. You're very kind. Thank you. The, uh, Charlie, you mentioned the word voles, and we have an infestation of voles digging tunnels mm-hmm. in and around our uh, our deck, our wooden deck. And uh, I've tried uh, rodenticide. Um, I've tried uh, the little uh, sort of mouse traps, except they're a little bigger than mouse traps, um, baited with um, with uh, peanut butter. And um, the hardware store here in uh, in Port Dover, Stoney's, um, they've suggested trying uh, smoke bombs uh, into the tunnels and uh, close the tunnels up, and and hopefully that will discourage them. Do you have anything else that uh, we can try? Hmm. I love it. Sorry, I don't mean to smile, but you know what? I don't think there's any way to control voles other than... Uh, if you have a dog, because dogs can certainly keep them uh, at bay, the the good thing about this mild winter is that voles do all their damage under the snow. So now that the snow's all melted, your damage isn't going to get any worse. The voles just wait until there's snow. As soon as there's snow, they get they they do their tunneling typically wherever there are plants because they eat the roots of plants. Lawns are uh, just a huge buffet for voles. So if they can, if there's snow on the lawn and the voles can get in under the snow, they'll just have wild parties, tunneling everywhere, chewing as they go, leaving behind lots of damage once the snow melts. And um, I just, honestly, I, other than animals to keep them away, I think it's just one of those things where you have to say, come spring when the snow melts, get out my rake rake all that dead stuff out, sprinkle in some fresh soil, throw down some seed, and repair. Well, it's not just the lawns, Charlie. Um, They're also eating the ground cover that uh, is up against our fence that divides our property. And uh, my concern is that they're uh, habitating under our wooden deck because there's uh, signs of tunnels being being dug underneath the, uh, into the deck. And they're waiting until this snow uh, appears, and then they're going to go out, as you say, and, and have a buffet. 
Um, is there any way that I can um, discourage them from being underneath the deck? Um, I wish I could come up with something. Um, we know that voles are going to, like you say, find a nice cozy place to, to hunker down year round. As long as there's greenery on the property and as long as there's water nearby, it's perfect vole country. Um, so there's there's no, you know, what are you going to do? You take away all your vegetation and then you won't have any voles. Um, certainly mechanical, um, like if the ground cover you said is being chewed, consider protecting if there's some way that you can like they sometimes they'll chew the bark of trees so we'll do the um, chicken wire wrap uh, around you know outside the bark of the trees to keep the voles away uh, you could try the product that i mentioned earlier in the show plant skid so p-l-a-n-t-s-k i always remember how to forget how to spell this s-k-y-d-d and spray that, particularly under the deck. If it's just, what's under your deck? Is it just uh, raw soil or is there pebbles or what's under there? Yeah, it's just raw soil, Charlie. And uh, mentioning uh, plant skid, we have tried plant skid to Mm. try and discourage the raccoons uh, at the bottom of our garden because they were coming in and um, uh, they were uh, eating uh, Jacqueline's uh, vegetable garden, as well as um, rabbits, and we tried the plant skid, but we found that um, it it was washed off by the rain uh, too easily, and it didn't last the six months that that it should. Oh, because it should be absorbed by the plants. Um, 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 the only other thing is traps. I mean, there's the live traps and like you say that, you know, the sort of the mouse trap kind of traps. Uh, and, but you'll never get rid of them all. I mean, you can lower the population repellents, you know, poison repellents. Again, I'm not a fan of those just because sometimes the wrong animals will be attracted to the repellents. The old warfarin works like a charm with mice and I'm sure it would also potentially maybe not work on voles because voles are vegetarians but yes you can you can try the poisons but i'm again i'm not a huge fan um um yeah it's a tough one it's really a tough one i think it's just gonna it's an ongoing battle and lowering the population is the best you can ever do yeah okay charlie thank you very much for your input um certainly appreciate it and like i said we thoroughly enjoy your show and dean your show so carry on trucking (laughs) Thank you so much, and my okay. Thanks very much, Paul. Yeah, okay. I wish I could. I wish I had a, well, real, I gotta... a good, real solution to voles, but I don't. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. Take care, you two. Okay, bye bye. Okay, thank you, you two. Yeah, I got to say, after that call, Charlie, I don't want them. I just, <laughs> I they feel like. A, I mean, I've had enough. Pro- problems this year with mice yeah. uh my in-laws have had a big problem with mice maybe others have and they're not too too far from paul they're in the mount hope area and you know what the mice keep doing they get, they get up in their cars in their carport and they chew the wires yeah. they they chew their wires through and we're, they're told they've been told that this is because wires in many cases are now being covered with a with a product that is soy based yes and so apparently the mice know this and they have had hundreds and in case sometimes thousands Thousands of dollars worth of damage because they go and their cars won't start. And so then they have to get them taken to the shop and they go in and they have to get wires replaced deep inside the, in where the engine is. 
And uh, so they have actually, after living there for 40 years, they have stopped this winter parking their cars under their carport. They're parking them in the, out in the driveway to try to reduce the mice from getting up into their cars. Isn't that crazy? It, uh, this is a problem I've definitely heard of as well, but just in the last couple of years. So you're right. I think the electrical wiring covering in cars has changed. I think it's got to do with environmental uh, reasons and sustainability reasons, but it's very expensive for the homeowner to do the repairs. My next door neighbor here in the county had his truck outside for like a week or so. Red squirrels moved into his engine compartment and um, and really moved in like they had a whole nest and you know had a whole thing going on and he kept trying to get them out and they kept not wanting to leave so finally he just started driving his his truck around and thought that yeah this they can't survive this and uh, drove around for you know a week or two out just errands and such uh figured they're, they're gone they got to be gone you know he didn't see any evidence of any squirrels parked his truck in his garage and the squirrels emerged and went up into his attic. It was like, oh, oh my goodness. Un unbelievable, unbelievable that those squirrels survived all this driving around and then took advantage of the opportunity to enter his home once the car was in the garage. So, oh, I know so many varmints out there just always, always trying to get us. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've never heard of that. That's insane. That is insane. <laughs> okay, my goodness. Uh, the numbers again. We're going to go to break in a second, but I'll give the numbers out once more time because we do have some some room in the lines 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740 we will be right back with much more on the garden show fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio yes we are back here on on the Garden Show. And Charlie, before we get to our uh, next caller, uh, you have one uh, final little announcement that you'd like to make that we didn't get down to the top of the show. So all yours. Yeah, just a quick one. The Leeside Garden Society, that's a small garden society in the Toronto area, is hosting a Zoom meeting and I am their special speaker. Uh, that will be happening this coming, now it's not this week, it's the week after. So it's uh, January the 12th, which I believe is a Wednesday, uh, though it might be a Thursday. Either way, January 12th, 7 p.m. It is via Zoom, and I will hopefully next week be able to invite everybody to listen into this event. I don't currently have the information on how to join the Zoom meeting. My topic is gardening as we age. Oh, okay. Well, and that, I guess, affects everybody, doesn't it? We're all aging a day at a time. Exactly. And you know what? People who garden live far longer than anybody else. Really? Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, well, I, I like the sound of that. And I and I do like gardening, as you know, so that's yeah. good. No, Ooh, another reason. No, no, there's really good data on this. It's got to do with the fresh air, the exercise, the community, because when you garden, you typically are out chatting with others or joining societies and clubs. The fresh produce and the, you know, the food you can grow. Um, it's just all the nurturing, the, the creativity, the, you know, microorganisms, the things you're smelling, what you're absorbing through your skin. It's magical um, the difference between gardening and not gardening when it comes to aging. Well, I'm in. There you go. And by the way, it is a Thursday because remember, Friday, uh, the 13th is a Friday. So the oh, 12th good. is indeed a Thursday. Thank yes, you. indeed. Okay, uh, Diane from Dorchester is giving us a call back. 
And so, uh, uh, Diane, welcome back to The Garden Show. What do you got for us? Yes. Um, well, first of all, that uh, person who's having the problem with the mice and that, call a pest control person. My daughter had mice overrunning inside her house. They could actually be sitting downstairs watching TV, and a mouse would run by. And the cats would be chasing it, and they'd corner it, and they'd finally get it. But they were just coming everywhere. Anyway, this gentleman, they found out about him. He came, these little black boxes. They put this bait inside, and uh, it took maybe two or three months, and now she has not seen a mouse. And she used to have voles. Now she won't know until the, uh, the snow is gone this year because they only just started doing it, whether or not the voles got into, uh, you know, into the uh, grass and uh, made the tunnels because they have half-acre uh, property, and, and it was pretty gruesome when they would, you know, all the work you do. But I'm calling in for myself. I just wanted to pass that on for anybody that, you know, don't keep yep. trying to do it on your own. These mouse traps and stuff don't work, but this mate bo- the bait box worked wonderfully. Mm. So anyway, now, uh, it almost follows along with what you're saying, Charlie. I'm getting older. My husband's getting older. I love gardening. I love being outside and talking to the people. But they've got to know me as the weed person. I'm, I break my back bending over, weeding the lawn. We're um, always top-dressing, always fertilizing, and um, we've taken a portion of our lawn out and put um, pea gravel and stone and that where our trees are, and it looks very nice until you have to clean the leaves off in the fall. But we're, uh, I haven't really discussed this too much with my husband. I told him I'm going to talk to you first. Is it better to slowly take all the grass out because I am fed up with trying to do it? We live where there was a tobacco farm. And all the goodness has been leached out. We've lived here 22 years, and we have replaced our lawn three or four times. And we've paid an awful lot of money in grass seed and fertilizer. Our water surcharge is 200%. Uh, They're not kind to us, you know, when we try to keep our communities uh, looking good and good for the environment. So I'm as a last desperation... um, We'd like to do it ourselves. We could get uh, a landscaper, but as much as we can, we like to do ourselves for the reasons that you mentioned, you know, being healthy and, uh, uh, and both uh, mentally and physically. Is it better to put down more of the stone or is it more, more mulch? You know, sometimes when the mulch out here, we get strong wind, the mulch mm. dries up and uh, it starts to blow away. Or mm-hmm. I can extend the flower beds and uh, start putting you know, covering the lawn and flower beds. We've had a lot of people in our neighborhood have absolutely taken all the grass out, put nothing but mulch, or uh, put all um, the flower beds. All right. Well, well, well. Okay, so these are a whole bunch of good questions. Um, you're absolutely right. When and when tobacco is grown as an agricultural product, which it was for many, many years in southern southwestern Ontario, uh, it not only depletes the soil, but it leaves behind toxic chemicals. Uh, that's part of what nicotine does. It's actually one of the original insecticides was made out of nicotine plants. So it has pretty high levels of toxicity for a lot of living things. So that is always one of the, the crazy things with um, tobacco. I know after the tobacco farmers no longer grew tobacco, there was this whole move towards peanuts because peanuts could survive. Plus, they would were going to remediate the soil to some extent. Um, talk about 
I'm just looking at um, quickly on the web here because I'm not, I'm not. This is not my my real forte to understand this. I know they do talk about grasses rotating for tobacco, but then of course you're saying the lawn struggles all the time. Um, what's better? The best thing you can do, in whether you're growing lawn or you're growing vegetables or you're growing flowers, doesn't matter what you're growing on your property, is do everything in your power to build up the best possible soil that you possibly can. Meaning, add organic material consistently every spring, every fall. If you can add more than a half an inch at a time, do so. If you want to give up some lawn, I totally understand. Lawns do tend to be very demanding when it comes to weeding and watering, etc. I don't water my lawn at all. I let it go dormant when it gets dry. But I have put down inches and inches of amazing soil beneath so that there's lots of vigor in the lawn when it when it gets some rain so it really is all about building the best possible soil and you started in a negative position because of the tobacco farming so your your need to fix your soil was even higher than for the average uh, gardener or you know hobby gardener so that's probably you know it's a hard thing to say but Get talk to a farmer. Get some manure in large quantities. You know, composted manure. Uh, mulch is good. Organic mulch will slowly break down. Add organics. Um, certainly, use some rocks. Do some areas where you're you're not trying to grow anything. You're just trying to to work with the land, the contours. Make a couple, maybe some seating areas. Plant a few more trees and get some benches out around your trees like do what you can to make it you know a lovely space to be in but not mm-hmm. killing you uh with all the work and the weeding yeah thank you very much because every time we've okay. had to uh top dress and seed that means we have to stay home to water water to get it established then when we leave to go to our trailer and it's been really hot and dry we come back it's been burnt off right. so yeah. that's why so, you know Okay, I'm going to let you go. You must have other colors by now. Okay, yeah. Thanks, we do. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year. Yeah. We actually have to take our last break, but we'll be back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie, we have uh, just less than five minutes, and we have three callers on the line. Let's see what we can do. Uh, We're going to go first to Angela in Kitchener. Welcome to The Garden Show, Angela. Good morning. Thank you for being my sunshine every day. (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to ask you to change one word in your vocabulary. Uh, It's called aging. We're not aging. Uh, We're becoming more precious. But that's my one point, so please remember you're more precious. I was a victim to voles, moles, you name it, chipmunks, um, and Irish spring soap in your glove compartment and mint drops on your engine. It's called cheap, and it fixes the $130 bill that I got. Wow. Oh, good tip. And it's because I love you, I wanted to share. So Irish Thank Spring Soap, take it out of the container, put it in the glove compartment, mm-hmm. and the mint on the engine, just in a couple of places. And please continue what you're doing. I love it. Thank you, Angela. Okay, thank you so much, Angela. Uh, you know what? Happy Irish, New Year. Irish, okay, let's go ahead. I just yeah. want to say something. Irish Spring Soap is famous for deer repelling. That was always one you would hang in the trees. 
where, when, when the deer were coming, it's so strong smelling. So, you know, excellent tip, glove compartment, keep those mice out. Sweet. Okay, Sally in Oxbridge, welcome to the Garden Show. You are a first-time caller. I'm going to give you your garden wings. There you go. Go. Oh, what do you got for Charlie there? Um, Charlie, uh, thank you for the show. I love it. Um, we have a mulberry tree that the uh, builder put right beside the driveway. And uh, it's about 30 years old. We've pruned it multiple times, but it still attacks people and cars. So we've decided to finally take it out. Um, mm-hmm. The sad part is we made that decision after I planted 100 bulbs around the base of it and then a little bit of a garden there. So <laughs> I'm wondering, <laughs> can, I, can I move the tulips and the daffodils um, uh, before spring? Or should I just put them into pots or any ideas? I don't really want to lose about 100 of them. For sure. So when are you going to take the tree out or have you taken it out? We haven't taken it out yet. Um, but it'll be a big process. I suspect the root system will be quite large um, mm-hmm. just because of the age of the tree. It'll come out uh, as soon as the ground thaws up here, which is usually around end of May, early May, depending on well, what God gives us. Right. So, you know, you know what? I, if you could, I would let the tulips and daffodils, let all those bulbs do their, their beautiful thing this spring. So a hundred of them, whatever, enjoy the flowers, enjoy them. As soon as they're finished flowering, just dig them up with the green leaves attached and the dead flowers attached, go through digging, 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 pile them up in a shady corner somewhere. You don't need to pot them or anything. Just dig them and put them in the shade then go to town on the tree, get the tree out of there, and then, or meanwhile, maybe the tulips and daffodils, you have a new location for them. Point is, is that by digging them up, you are going to force them to go dormant sooner than they would have. You're not letting them do their whole green leaf thing for six or eight weeks. You're just going to let them do their, their um, you know, so they'll flower and you'll pull them up. Or But when you dig them, dig them all intact with as much root, bulb, and leaf attached Either replant or stick them in the shade, let them go dormant, and then replant after that. That would be what I would do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. And, um, yep, we got to go yeah, again. No more time for any we more do. callers. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Dean. It's been great. Really? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you have a, have a great week. I hope you have a, a, a week free of voles. How's that? <laughs> they're, they're, yes, I hope so. With no snow, we're unlikely to have too many vole problems. We'll talk more about them, I'm sure, in the future. Thanks, everybody. Great calls, great tips. And thank you, Carlos. Couldn't do any of this without Carlos. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.